The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield or email them at host at dealwithyield.com for the chance to hear their response. Welcome back to The Deal with Yield. Joining us, Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead, and Kyle Reiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor. New companies are offering different data sources, such as crowdsourced data and discounted inputs, but it can be difficult to decipher the truth from the hype. Joel and Kyle, what should farmers demand from their data? I think quality is the term. We've done the answer plots for 18 plus years now, since 1997, I think. And you should make data-based decisions. We've talked a lot about that. But when we kind of said that, there weren't really a lot of other companies out there providing data. So we never had to differentiate between, well, what kind of data-based decisions should you start to make? And some people are coming around on the idea of data and that they should provide it as a way to help producers make better insightful decisions. But there starts to be a separating line between are they relying on you to generate the data and you make the mistakes? Or are they providing you data that you didn't have to make a mistake on and provide the answers to others on your sweat equity when you demand quality data? One of the things that we start to look for in here is, well, where did the data come from? And was it cause and effect data? Were they actually trying to influence the result of that by putting it into a known environment? Or is it just kind of correlation data? And we can talk a little bit about correlation data. Ice cream and drownings. Did you know that when ice cream consumption goes up, drownings increase? Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that people drown because they're eating ice cream. My kids go to the pool at the summertime, and they also eat a whole lot more ice cream. So when we look at data sources, you've really got to ask, well, is this a correlation data set or is this a cause and effect data set? And I think that's one of the pieces when you start to demand quality data. We start to look at that through something we talk about, trial error, or we've talked a lot in the past about LSD. Trial error is introduced when you start to get enough replications of the same cause and effect type of experiment. That's when you start to be able to understand, is the data good enough to be able to say that one hybrid is different from another? So I think when you demand quality data, is it cause and effect? And are you also looking at the trial error that's introduced into it? You know, data sometimes scares people. The actual word data. I don't know if they don't know what it means, but data is crap in, crap out, right? You put a bunch of crappy data in. You expect crappy data out. And when I look at the Ansplot system, we got over 200 of them in the whole in the United States, right? Everything's replicated. And we're getting two to three million data points out a year. I trust that data. The data that I don't trust is the products that you get put in. You got low replications. And there's a lot of different variables placed differently across different acres, different rotated ground, stuff like that. That's the stuff that I don't trust. But when you get two to three million data points, they come out of the answer plots every year. It's really tough to argue when those numbers come out. I think as you look at data quality, and Kyle, you touched a little bit on uh, the plot that might be alongside the highway, and you look at the seed varieties in there. Through using some of the aerial imagery and the satellite imagery that we've looked at, 
even if that plot's not there, we've seen some areas that that plot goes into that are higher yielding. And so you start to look at, well, did the variety do really well or was it just the spot that it was in? And that's the place where a randomized block design of the trial work that we do starts to introduce that trial error and helps you be able to tell if it was actually a hybrid that's high yielding or if it's just a high yielding spot where you chose to plant that. You mean when I used to put in my plot information and I could pick which side I chose on the FFA plot and I always did really well and that one variety did really crappy? That was just because I put it in the right spot? Well, some people are lucky and some people are smart. I don't know about you in the latter one. When you talk about data, some of the things that come to mind are prescriptive data and descriptive data. And I think that starts to be one of the sort gates. Descriptive data allows you to describe what happened. And yield data kind of falls into this category. And I think everybody's got a yield monitor and they've been buying that additional feature on their combine for 20 years. And everybody feels like they can have their data be valued because of the insights that you've got. But really, it's a rear view look at what happened. And then you've got to turn some of that data into a prescriptive insight that helps you decide what you need to do for the coming year. And so yield data tends to be a really great look backwards. But a lot of times, one of the things I find in yield data is the hybrid, the churn rate that goes on in your farm doesn't tend to support descriptive analytics, which is to say, when you finally get that you're planting uh, 10 boxes of the same variety on your farm, typically the market has validated that that's a good enough variety, and it's probably the last year where you plant that high of a volume. And so the challenge with the churn rate of genetics is you've got to take enough seed and test it out on a small amount of acres so that you can start to introduce the new variety that's five bushel better that you know nothing about. And so that's where the answer plot data, when you talk about the 400 replications we might have on a particular variety, we're doing that with about 160,000 seeds. About two bags of corn is all it takes us to generate those 400 replications, which allows us to introduce a low trial error and you know, allows us to see genetics before they get into a high enough volume where you could even buy them in the marketplace to really test more than 20 bags on your farm. So I think the churn rate paralyzes descriptive data. It paralyzes descriptive data because we keep putting new hybrids into the market that are five bushel better that we know nothing about other than that hybrid you've been planting for three years is now 15 bushels behind and has a root lodging problem. You should can it. Never plant it again. Well, I know you've brought this up, but again, why that farmer should review the data that would be for their specific farm It does no good to have data from a farm that's just completely different from your own farm, right? Yeah, it's about the farm, and also it's about the management practice that go with it. I mean, I sit down with growers, and I ask them, look, we triage their fields, right? You figure out how much tile's on there, what the fertilizer situation is, what's rented ground, what's not rented ground, what's limiting factors. And it comes down to what's your practice? I mean, do you you side dress? Do you not side dress? Do you have the capabilities of going over the top of corn with an over-high clearance rate? as a haggy or such if you don't have the capabilities of doing certain things certain varieties just don't work in your farming operation or, or best practices so i think the answer plot the, the neat thing about that they go through and depict what kind of best management practice each one of the varieties is so you don't have the issue of hey i planted this on this ground and it worked really good or i planted this on this ground and it didn't work very good we have that all figured out already you brought up the term triage 
which if anybody's been to the hospital or the Mayo Clinic, you get triaged. You walk in and they say, well, you, you don't look like you're doing so good. We should maybe do something right away with you versus somebody who walks in and just is kind of there for a physical. So fun fact, the term triage, the base word tria is a French word. And the, the literal definition was sorting root vegetables that they would tria or triage their better vegetables and try to get a higher price for them at the farmer's market. So it's an old word, but it literally means to sort. And I think that's one of the basis of data when you look at sorting data. When you put your yield data into a pool of other data, what sort of questions did they ask you about that data? Did they ask you what was the previous crop next year? Because if they didn't ask you that, they're likely putting your corn on soybean data in with your corn-on-corn data, or they're putting your first-year corn-on-corn data versus your second-year corn-on-corn data into a big pool, and then they're getting the average. And the average of that is kind of messy. So when you start to introduce your data into other pools, if they're not asking you some of the really field-specific questions like, hey, what was your nitrogen rate? Or what was planted here last year? Those are the blind spots for when we start to pool data that we start to introduce a lot of messiness. And everybody thinks, well, with big data, oh, it's big, it must be better, that the bigger it is, it's okay to be messy in there. And the messiness will make some of the errors go away. But if they're not asking you some really basic questions, they're just putting, you know, like Kyle said, garbage in, garbage out. When you start to introduce where your data goes, make sure they have the the right information on how to triage or sort and categorize what pool the data belongs into. That's why it's so important to go over your data with an advisor. Yeah, absolutely. And cleaning data, I know looking at a lot of yield maps, it takes some time to clean those up from when the head didn't get lifted high enough on the end rows that sorting out those zeros. One thing I see happening in ag technology is the algorithms for sorting and cleaning yield data have started to get better where they're starting to do some auto cleaning features on yield maps. But it still requires that user to calibrate their combine so that that information is right. And there still needs a human element for you to be able to see what outliers are in there that might exist, whether it be human-introduced outlier by having the head set wrong or having the combine set wrong, all the way down to data overlap where not that this has ever happened to anybody, but maybe you got off a row or two and then you've got a big red stripe down the field. Kyle, I know you've never gotten off a row when you're combining. Look, the rows were planted crooked. <laughs> it's kind of the, the pass of shame when you have to make the three-row collection at the end of the field. How did I get off one row <laughs> the whole length of the field? And now let's go to the audience portion of our show today. This question comes from Eric, and he asks, from the online survey, as a farmer, why should I purchase through Winfield when FBN provides a much lower cost of products? Yeah, this is a great example of a new company, a new player coming into the space, and they've tried to drive some value around things like gathering data and allowing you to make decisions. Now, when I think about Winfield, we're a producer-owned system. Land O'Lakes Cooperative was really put together around buying efficiencies in its infancies. And actually, it was put together around selling efficiencies for Midwestern dairy producers trying to market their milk to the eastern seaboard. Okay, So you look at our base roots of being grower-owned, We went through an era where buying power was a critical phase for the company and what we offered. 
But we're very, very far beyond that to where knowledge is actually the thing that we need to do to help our producers yield more. If you're trying to compete between zero and 170 bushels, that's probably a place where those things have a fit. But if you're buying the most elite genetics in the marketplace and you've got a high-end yield potential of 532 bushels, that's a place where knowledge and understanding of the agronomics that go into producing that crop are a really big deal. And so we've evolved as a business through that where we think helping a producer keep their farm is about helping them optimize their inputs per bushel, not minimizing their cost of investments. And we try to make prices table stakes for how we enable our retailers to be competitive in the marketplace. But really, this is a knowledge-based game. And helping our producers be more sustainable is really about optimizing inputs per bushel. To me, it's about the value of insights that we can collect versus them and the trial error that comes out of our portfolio of different things that we can offer. So I tell the growers I work with, I don't want you to be average. I don't want you to have average data. I don't want you to put your data in somewhere where you're going to get average. We can't continue to farm on averages. We need to be better to access the land from somebody that may be farming averages. So I look at the stuff like that and go, insight, you need to have good quality data to make good recommendations based off your practices. So that's kind of what I say, the whole thing. You get crap in, crap out. I know people that put in information into that particular platform that, necessarily is not correct right for one example i know one guy that put all the same variety of beans and he sent it off to that company and i know for a fact it was different because i sold him the beans and he gets the information back from that particular thing and he's going to try to make a management decision off it well what if a third of the guys do the same thing right what kind of practices i mean it's crap in crap out right that's why i think with the answer plot system and the stuff we have in our portfolio it's a big deal for the insights Yeah, I think the answer plots, helping you see a hybrid's weakness before you ever plant it on your farm, I think that's one of the critical pieces is growers have a right to a certain level of expectations that the people they buy from can provide these sort of insights on hybrid placement versus companies who have chosen to build their data sets on the backs of producers' errors. It's a grower-owned system, and we want to help growers gain access to land through being the best, most efficient producers in their geography. And I think that's a different game if you're strictly buying on what's your price of glyphosate and how can I get from zero to 170 bushels. We're trying to help people gain access to land by optimizing inputs per bushel. It's not always about saving a dollar an acre. Great. I farm a few acres too. I like to save money with the best one, but I'm not here about how to save. I'm looking how to invest the money that I have to be a better, a more efficient farmer and get the best return per bushel that's out there. And if you got the insights on how many pounds of nitrogen and so on and so forth placing your product on, on corn on corn, rotated ground on a heavy ground or a light ground fit, that's the stuff that you need to know. I think overall farming's in our blood. As producers look at this as a lifestyle and we're trying to make sure that growers are in business for a long time so that they can maintain their lifestyle and their family farm that goes back multiple generations. And it's going to be a knowledge-based game. It's going to be an insights 
base game. And you've got to be able to have those trial errors and that confidence and the trust in the data that the data isn't just a collection of single-entry uh, soybean varieties that nobody really looked at and cleaned up and said, did you really plant 11,000 acres of the same soybean variety? Those are the kind of things. We're trying to help producers keep their farm through helping them access the knowledge and insights to do better. And thanks, Eric, for your question. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead, and Kyle Reiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield. 